The Never Before Project presents the Lethal Faith Podcast with your host, Dr. Michael B. Nye and Blake Harris. This podcast is for students, parents, and church leaders who are interested in keeping their faith strong. Visit us online at neverbefore.tv or on Facebook at The Never Before Project. Let's get into the podcast. Hello, this is Dr. Michael Knight. I'm here with my sidekick, Blake Harris and DJ. And now we have a special guest with us at the Lethal Faith Podcast. We have Chris Montgomery. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your podcast again. You know, I had such a great time with you last time. And, man, uh, I just love to see what you guys are doing, the work that your ministry is producing, and uh, just touching lives uh, locally and globally. And I think it's absolutely tremendous and uh, especially diving into topics like this. You know, this is one that I'm very passionate about uh, going into cosmology and the universe and the design that we can see within um, within the universe is absolutely unique to us humans, where we have the conscious ability to be able to see not only things that are around us and within our own local environment, but we're allowed to see things on a global level. And in a, in a in a galactical level, actually, and so uh, I would I would love for us to, to talk a little bit about that right now. You know, when you when you go back to our our SAR system and the way that the systems are created and the cycles that are created, you see design within all aspects of it. You see design within not only our our planet, but you see design within our solar system, the structure of our solar system. And you see design within the the placement of our solar system within the galaxy. Like we live in what's called the galactical habitable zone. We live in between the Perseus and Sagittarius arms of our spiral galaxy. If we were inside one of these arms, there would be too much stardust for us to be able to peer out and see stars that are outside of our galaxy, let alone the stars within our galaxy. If we were near the, the core of our galaxy, we wouldn't be able to survive because it's very hostile there's a there's a super massive black hole and crazy supernovas that are exploding so it's a very hostile environment for us to be able to have carbon-based life forms if we were further away from the galactical center we wouldn't be there's not there's not enough heavy materials to be able to create a terrestrial planet like we see right now and let's actually dive into that a little bit you know that's that's really interesting you know the design of us being able to have this terrestrial planet so when you're going back to the creation event and you're going back to when uh, the forging of the entire cosmos, you know, it's, it's amazing that now science proves that there was a beginning point. The Big Bang actually proves that there was a point where there was no time, there was no matter, and that at the beginning there was light. And that's funny because that's a, uh, you know, I, I think I read that somewhere <laughs> that, you know, in the beginning there was light. So shortly after the Big Bang, you know, the universe was made exclusively of hydrogen and helium. About 99.8 different nines after that, 99.99999% of the universe was composed of these two elements alone. Yet the first massive stars didn't just fuse hydrogen into helium, oxygen into uh, silicon and sulfur, and then silicon and sulfur into iron, nickel, and cobalt. So our star, you know, we have a very special star. We have what, what's called, I, I mentioned this last time, we're orbiting around a spectrum G2 yellow dwarf main sequence star. That's our home star. That's what we're orbiting around right now. But our star is not large enough to be able to fuse in nuclear fusion heavy elements. It only fuses gases. 
So you look at the creation and you look at where we're at now that we have to, we had to have some sort of star and the star that we know now called a red supergiant that actually had to take place before our solar system was even created. So what happens is you have a red supergiant star, like one of our local neighbors is called Betelgeuse or Beetle Geese. That's actually the star's name. It's a red supergiant. The star is so massive that if you were to place it where our sun is today, it would actually extend almost out to Mars. So it's so big that we would literally be inside this star. So these stars don't have a very long life cycle. And when, when, because they're just so massive, what happens is their gravitational pull is so big and so massive that it creates an implosion that creates an explosion beyond comprehension, creating what's called a supernova. And these supernovas are this explosion so big that it creates a hole into the space time continuum, creating what's called a black hole. And, uh, and it, then, then it also, all of these elements get exploded out and they, they get thrown into the universe and they create what are called nebulas. And nebulas are like star nurseries where more stars, stars like our sun was born out of. And what's so interesting is, is when you're, you're looking at these, well, they're the ones that are fusing heavier elements. They're the ones that are fusing uh, iron. They're the ones that are fusing nickel. They're the ones that are fusing cobalt. Well, why is it? Now, if you look at it, why is it that we live on a planet that has iron? Not only that, we, it has an abundance of all these heavy elements. We live on a terrestrial planet that is abundant with these heavy elements. What's even crazier than that is like Dr. Knight, you have to have, you have to have iron in your bloodstream right now. You have to have iron in your, in your bloodstream. If I were to take all the iron out of your body right now, it would create about a three and a half inch iron melt. That's absolutely crazy because if you think about it, if you, if you didn't have iron in your blood, then you would become uh, iron deficiency anemia, anemic. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't have healthy red blood cells. Your bloody can't get enough oxygen without that iron to hold your body together. So how in the world does a naturalistic point of view explain a way how inorganic material is necessary and vital for organic material to thrive? Well, it's designed. It's obviously designed that way. Naturalism does not have an answer, but the Bible does. God, the ultimate designer, unfathomable in power, the great forger and the creator of all elements with such an immense power from his... Uh, from his words, got down into creation, got on his hands, got his hands actually dirty, harvested and sculpted out of the earth, his perfect creation, that of man. But unlike his other creation, he didn't just speak him into existence. No, he breathed the breath of life into him. And he created man in our likeness. The dust of the ground, which we were created and now we have scientific evidence that actually confirms it. So science is just now meeting up with where theology has already been. It's not a blind faith. No, it's not that we're intellectually inferior to believe in, in God and to put our faith in, in a creator. No, it's actually confirming what science is now showing. It's now confirming what we're able to observe. You're, you're not checking your brain in at the door when you dive into when you dive into the Bible and you dive into faith. No, you're actually expanding your mind to new horizons. So it, it makes me also think of the kind of the structure that we have with 
with our moon. You know, we went into a little bit of our moon last time and how our moon is in a, sp a specific place and it allows us to have our, our axis of our planet at 23.5 degrees. If it was 23.9 or 23.2, we would, we would either, we'd have crazy weather patterns that it would be too hostile for complex life to exist. It, it's allowed, it allows us to have tides in the ocean that allows all different aquatic life to be able to, to not only survive, but thrive. It, it allows, uh, it allows our, our rotations of our planet and our days, our, our plan to be able to rotate at 1,004 miles per hour, which gives us our days and our nights. It, so that, that's also design that gives a cycle for different types of life to exist. It, it's what gives us wind. And, but, but more than that, one, one thing that's interesting that's not necessary, that's not necessary for life to exist, but happens is our moon is situated in a, in, the, in a perfect specific area that allows us to have a total solar eclipse. Why, do, why can't we have a total solar eclipse? What is the necessary reasoning for it? Because it, it's very interesting. The sun's distance from the earth is about 400 times that of the moon's distance. And the sun's diameter is about 400 times the moon's diameter. Because those ratios are approximately the same, the sun and the moon, as seen from Earth, appear to approximately be the same exact size. Well, what that does, and now what modern astronomers have figured out, is that total solar eclipse, and, and it's crazy because, I mean, even, even the Mayan civilization was able to calculate that down to the exact moments that they would happen. So that they actually had the, uh, they, they made the entire civilization believe that they were talking straight to God and use that as a power stance. But nowadays, modern technology and modern astronomers have, have revealed that this total solar eclipse allows you to see the corona discharge from the sun, giving us a, an ability to peer into solar flares and solar maximums like we've never been able to see in any type of generation beforehand. So why is that? Why are we living on a planet that has this extremely large moon? that is lined up in a specific, uh, specific area right now that is allowing an intelligent species to look up and be able to see why these things are happening. Well, I'll tell you why. The heavens are declaring the glory of God and the expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day after day for, uh, pours forth speech and night after night reveals his knowledge. Psalms 19, one through two. So you, you, you see these things, and you know, I actually like, I, I love this, like how, how like if you open up a textbook in high school and you, you, you're looking at, at the formation of our solar system and you, I love the diagram that they have that, that shows how our moon got here. Our moon got here because there was a planet in the formation of our solar system that was about the size of, of Mars, a little bit smaller than Mars, and it crashed into our planet and hit at the, if it crashed dead on, both planets would have exploded. If it crashed a little bit further away, we wouldn't be able to, uh, it wouldn't have formed another moon. It would have been a very close, tight-knit um, planetary system. But the moon hit our planet, it crashed into our planet, and it hit in just the precise, exact manner where it was able to spin off, rotate around, and create the trajectory that we're on right now. Because right now the moon is actually going away from our planet. And eventually the moon is going to be too far away where habitable life can't exist. So we're just so happen to be at the exact fine-tuned area, not only within time, but also within space for us to be able to observe these things.
So that's another, another way that we can see that the Lord is the one that's governing all this, that we are the created and he is the creator. And he's allowing us to be able to see things. He's, he's giving us the ability to, to see his handiwork because we're the only ones that can understand it. And then we're the only ones that could actually observe it. A great, a great quote from, uh, from a person uh, is this. Essentially, I realized to stay an atheist, I would have to believe that nothing produced everything, that non-life produces life, that randomness produces fine-tuning, that chaos produces information, that unconsciousness produces conscience, and that non-reason produces reason. Those leaps of faith were simply too big for me to take. Ex-atheist Lee Strobel. And so I think, you know, what's happening is we're getting to a point in time where people aren't, you know, they're so succumbed to their own worldviews. They're so indoctrinated into the ways that they're thinking that they're not allowing their minds to be able to see what is before them. Albert Einstein said a man should look for what is and not what he thinks should be. So we need to be able to not allow the world to influence our worldview but allow the Holy word, the scripture of the Lord to be able to influence our ethics, our morals, our reasoning, and be able to see that the Bible is the truth and that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. In a day of information where we're, we're com compounded with information all throughout the day, it's very hard for us to be able to discern what is true and what is not. Second Timothy four says this, for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. And I believe that's actually the day and time that we are in now, where people are now succumbing to the different, the different false informations and they're, they're succumbing to different worldviews that are, that are going to what their own selfish desires want. And that's actually what, that's what Christianity is all about. It's a journey from self to Christ. It's a journey from being selfish, which is our nature, our sinful nature, to becoming selfless, which is Christ's nature. And uh, so, I mean, we, we could dive even further into it. I mean, the complexities are, are everywhere that you, you can look. And then so, so scientists have shown through, through all the parameters and, and given it a, a very a very, uh, a very easy um, probability of a one out of 10 for each of the parameters to exist. And they, they, they calculated, I didn't do the calculation, but they calculated for life to exist on any planet in the entire universe, it would take, it'd be the chance of one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven trillion that one such planet could ever exist anywhere in the entire universe. So that'd be like me taking a, a, a put it, going into Microsoft Word or whatever a document you want, putting a one and holding down zero for the next 42 pages out of one that, will, that life could exist on any planet in the entire universe. So that would be like me actually taking, uh, taking a, a slot machine, a Vegas slot machine, and having that slot machine go all the way around the entire planet three different times and me pulling the lever and hitting a jackpot on it the very first time. 
That's, that's the faith that people are putting into when they're not seeing what's before our eyes. That's the faith that people are putting into when they don't realize that, that everything that we have before us is orchestrated. The, the, the fact that we can hear, the fact that we have a, a conscious that can understand the words that are saying right now, these are things that, that show us that there's a design behind it and there's a designer and his name is Jesus. Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, thank you guys so much for allowing me to be a part of this podcast with you today. I truly appreciate it. You know, I, I love uh, I love what you're doing and I love what we're doing and expanding the kingdom of God. It really it, it's extremely fulfilling to me. All right, guys, you have a great day. God bless you. Pastor Chris. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, thanks for listening today. Uh, as always, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. And as always, keep it lethal. Thanks for listening to the Lethal Faith Podcast, brought to you by the Never Before Project. To find out more about the Never Before Project or be a part of the discussion, visit our website at neverbefore.tv. You can also visit us on Facebook at the Never Before Project. Join us next week for another episode of Lethal Faith.